This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, and we're inviting you to take it with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. Head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. Make that commitment to shop one in five of your purchases towards a small business. We also invite you to shop the directory if you don't know where to find other small businesses. It's right there on the page. And we're asking for you to share the pledge. Imagine if each of us told three to four people about the Shop 1 in 5 pledge. It would be an incredible and life-changing for so many small businesses. Tell your friends, your family, and your social network. It costs nothing extra and makes a world of difference. Our purchases have the ability to change lives. Okay, let's jump in. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my summary co-host, Mina Kunlosetup. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. All right. So we have taken off a good part of the summer. We have had a bunch of re-airs. I know you're loving them. We're hearing that in our DMs and emails that you guys are loving some of these re-airs, but we're kicking back off. We've taken our time. We've really recalibrated. We've come up with some amazing content for all of you, and we're really excited to share that with you. Yeah, I think this summer, I mean, everybody has, I guess, found this newfound freedom that we always had until the pandemic. And now we are excited to kind of get shift gears and get back into thinking about our businesses and what that could do as far as the amount of time we put into it. How can we really optimize and seize those opportunities with the time that we do have in order to make like a bigger impact? Right. And while it's the summer and we've been trying to get our tan on and mm-hmm. <laughs> get on, go on vacations and really live our best lives, we are also as product entrepreneurs gearing up for the busiest time of year, which is the holiday season. So one thing that we're working with right now with our masterminders is really the idea of stabilizing and fixing some systems um, on the back end before they're ready to scale and really like be full forward and growth that comes in like towards the end of Q3, the third quarter and definitely in fourth quarter. So we wanted to talk to you a little bit about what we're working on with them and then help you. So today we're going to talk about what to do if you want to improve your discoverability on Google. Yeah, this is something that happens to come up all the time. Right now, as you're listening to this, Facebook ads have been the worst. I mean, it's really hit the fan (laughs) as far as the results happening with them. So now we're shifting back to organic right? We're shifting back to organic. You know, we have our masterminders really think about it from three buckets, paid advertising, partner efforts and opportunities, as well as 
organic. And so we're kind of looking at it from those buckets. So as we're thinking about organic, I mean, Google, Google is the way they're the people to catch the interest of, right? You want to be able to do a few tweaks on Google in order for you to best be discovered on there. So I want to just go back. Usually Mina is the one that does the acronyms, but when she did, when we started talking about this sort of marketing strategy for, you know, product entrepreneurs, she said paid marketing, right? Organic marketing and partnership marketing. So I called it pop marketing. I know, but you know why I refuse to call it that? Because in my brain, it is point of purchase. So you're taking an acronym that's like ingrained in my brain and flipping it to something See, else. See, I always do point of sale, not point of purchase. Mm, yeah. POS well, for me. Yeah. Point of purchase is, is what the acronym normally stands for. So I already associate it with something else. So I'd have to flip the acronym. It's like the acronym, which you know that Pluto, this is going to be a side tangent, fun fact. So <laughs> Pluto is considered now not a planet. It is a what is that? A, 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 a dwarf planet. It's a dwarf planet. Yeah. So the acronym that we learned was my very excellent mother served us nine pizzas. Well, now the acronym is because Pluto is not considered a planet anymore. Like in Surrey, Surrey, my oldest daughter is really No, yeah. Like this happened like five years ago. Like everything we learned as kids, it was like out the window. So now (laughs) the acronym is my very excellent mother served us nine so I've been teaching them nachos. What about my very noodles. excellent mother? Yeah, served us yeah. nuts. Yeah, right. <laughs> so flipping an acronym is not the easiest, let me tell you. And okay, so-, so for me, I remember it by saying pop because I'm like, oh yeah, paid organic partnerships. Okay. You all, you all figure out what you need. It could be op, but we yeah. use other people's platforms or OPPs. So PPO, I don't know. Yeah, um- which PPO stands for something else too, right? the insurance thing. Oh my gosh. We know so very little about the real world. (laughs) Okay. So jumping into what we want to talk about, right, was that improving your discoverability on Google. So what Mina's talking about, what, what there's been a lot of pushback and we've talked about this in our masterminds is that a lot of people took on that paid strategy for marketing, which we don't have control over that. Mina and I also do a paid strategy. And with Facebook being wonky this season, we all had to sort of think, well, what else do we do? But no matter what, you guys, we always talk about organic marketing. And one of those ways is ranking on Google, right? How many of you wish that someone could type in, you know, baby blankets or baby bottle labels, or I don't know, like Jasmine candles, and be the number one thing that shows up outside of the sponsored posts, right? On Google, like you want to be the one that people find. It's really hard to compete, especially in products because we're competing against big box stores. We're competing Mm -hmm. against Macy's and Nordstrom's and all the department stores that take out ads that are kind of, that will rank up there. But you do have the ability to rank number one for certain keywords on Google. And we're going to talk a little bit about how you can be discovered in search and just give you a couple of really quick and easy tips. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, being number one for those big keywords like necklace is a lofty goal. It's pretty much essentially impossible. Just like if you're a bra company or lingerie company, it's almost always going to be Victoria's Secret. But if you're a number, you know, if you're the first page, then we're talking the first first one or two pages, right? So you chip away at it. It is a monster of a thing to work on your keywords, but there are, like Jacqueline said, some easy tweaks that we wanted to give you. 
Okay. So you mentioned the first one and we, we teach this in multi-issue machine, which is our signature course, but we're going to give you a couple quick tips that you can do. So number one, what Mina just said is the keywords. So you want to figure out what keywords people are searching to discover the products you sell. So exactly like Mina said, like it might be really hard for you to rank number one for bras or mm -hmm. plus size bras or, you know, strapless bras. Cause there's going to be Soma and all these people have million dollar budgets to rank on Google at the top. But there's other ways around that where you may think through in keyword research. Again, we teach this in our course, but in keyword research, you might think through like a, I call it a backdoor in. So what else would someone who could potentially be your customer be searching for that they can discover your brand, but it's a different type of keyword. And sometimes people call those long tail keywords. So if we're going to go to the bra thing, it might be like, how to find, this is just random, but like how to find the right fit for plus size mm -hmm. bras. Another one could be bras for small breasts that have no gap. That's really a long mm -hmm. tail, which by the way, Pepper is a company that probably ranks for that, you know, or for, remember the sleeping bras there, they weren't searching sleeping bras, that story that you have of your client that sold sleeping bras, but they were probably yeah. searching for large breast bras that have no wires that you can sleep in. Or might I don't be like, know. How, you know? To prevent, how to prevent sagging breasts. Yeah. I know yeah. like the, our guy audience is like, well, this is a conversation, <laughs> ladies. But we'll yeah. just go with we it. We went with the because, bra example this time instead of candles. <laughs> because we have a really specific example. And I know we talk a lot about this in our, with our masterminders and our students, but I'll just quickly say, I had a client several years ago that came to me and she's like, sagging for breasts happens while you sleep. So her, I mean, who knew? her right? Nobody, obviously, because <laughs> her response was, I'm, um, I'm going to make bras that women can sleep in to prevent sagging while they sleep. So she made them. She spent $10,000 on building her SEO, $10,000 on her website, probably $100,000 on us creating her brand and like her product and going into production. She was out of business within three months because she spent so much money up front and she worked on SEO of being ranked for like sleeping bras. Mm -hmm. But nobody was searching for sleeping bras. She could have taken that money and really created, made that need in the market. She could have let people know. She could have gotten on other people's platforms. She could have gotten press. She could have really pushed out that information of this happens while you sleep and I have the solution for you by buying you know, buying my bras. Yeah, so, for sure. I mean, her go-to-market strategy probably should have been educating people on, you know, that sagging breasts happen at night or whatever. You now, don't know? quote me medically. Like this is just from this <laughs> client. So this could be completely wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Never actually Googled this. The search of a sleeping bras goes up all of a sudden. <laughs> but like there's a breast surgeon out there somewhere listening and being like, no ladies, you're wrong. No. Um, so, so the first tip for all of you is to think about keywords. Now, our multi-issue machine students, I know that you have all, we've had this discussion in our community, the, the module in the course, you've worked on this. But what I'd like for you all to do is think about keywords. What are some backdoors in? You can do your own research for keywords. And then you would use keywords within your websites. Um, you would use keywords if you were creating blogs. Um, you would have long tail keywords. You have descriptions and meta, meta descriptions. You would just want your pictures would be labeled with the words. So like, so Mina with her baby bottle labels, you know, she made you like little labels, baby bottle and camp waterproof labels as like a whole descriptive word or keywords on her images that she even uses and puts on her site because guess what? Google crawls all of this stuff and looks for the keywords everywhere. Now she's done her own research to discuss 
her to figure out what keyword she needs to use within her site, within her descriptions, within everything that then Google would crawl her site and say, oh yeah, this is what this person says that they're being represented for. And when somebody searches that and they find little labels as the result, it's like a match made in heaven. The search matches with the right, you know, result. And then Google's like, oop, that's good. And then they, they notch her up in the rankings on Google. Yeah, for sure. One of the ways that you can check to see like the volume of a keyword is through Google Keyword Planner. I think it actually forces you to do an account now. Obviously, everybody's play to play nowadays. Before you could use it for free and now you actually have to sign in on your Gmail in case you want to run ads and all that good stuff. So, that shows you the volume of something. So, if you're going to if you think that, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to create a bra for sleeping and I want to see the volume of people going in to find quote unquote, in quotations, actually sleeping bra. And then I can see the volume of that per month, you know? So, and then thinking about the different needs, you know, I know that for example, when I was trying to do my labels for low labels that in October, the keyword crock pot recipes was the biggest it's ever been in within the year. So you can look at the, the scale or the graph or whatever of what that keyword is in the month that it is, you know, so they can use label, my labels for their crock pot recipes that they make, you know, meal planning for, for example. So that was kind of an idea there. So here's an example. I really want to say though, here's like a quick pro tip. Don't just use keywords because they're trending and you're like, oh, I'm going to make this fit, right? Uh, We were talking about this before that, you know, back in the day when websites, nobody had a website and I was teaching my clients about websites and getting them up. There was this thing that people would do that they would add in the words like, like Jennifer Aniston, like, even on the back end, I feel like, you know, on the back end, they would hide it in the coding. And so, because Jennifer Aniston was one of the top searched results on Google, people were putting her name into the back end of their websites to help them grow on the rankings, right? It was just like, this is old school. This is not now. But you'll actually get pinged and penalized for putting keywords that don't make sense. Because the worst thing that can happen is you use a keyword. Like let's say you sell candles, but you're like, ooh, Crock-Pot is trending. Mm -hmm. And you put Crock-Pot somewhere in there and then people search Crock-Pot and somehow your result shows up and they click on it and then they quickly abandon the site because you're not, you're selling candles, not Crock-Pots. Then Google's gonna be like, nope, this didn't work. And they're actually going to penalize you for that. So when you're searching your keywords, search relevant keywords, understand what people are searching. So again, if they're not searching for sleeping bras, then find your other way in of what they're actually searching for. And then you'll want to use some keywords within your site, within your meta tags, within your um, images that people would search for and it would connect and it would be like, yep, match made in heaven, right? That's the idea of keywords. Yeah, that's the idea of keywords. But basically the whole purpose of Google crawling is that they want somebody, their whole goal is that when somebody types in something, they serve them up what is relevant, what's relevant to their search. So if it's not relevant, then you get knocked down because it wasn't relevant. It it didn't pertain to what their customer, the end user, the searcher wanted for that particular keyword. So relevancy is a really big deal as far as your showing up and that it actually makes sense to the end user. Right. Okay. So that's tip number one. Now, the second part of this, the other thing that's going to really help you improve your discoverability on Google is a backlink. 
So I'm not sure how many of you know what backlinks are. Now you might be listening to us talk about keywords and, and feel a little bit overwhelmed by that. Yes, like understood. We also find it overwhelming. And that's why it's like completely integrated into our, you know, into multi-stream machine because it's something that we felt it's not a huge build out, but it's something that you need to be aware of. Now, the other thing, and this is something where Mina and I are hoping to help all of you with is the idea of a backlink. But first, let's just talk about what a backlink is. So a backlink is a link that's created from one website to another website. So it's also called like an inbound link or an incoming link, which means that somebody mentions your business on another platform, on a blog, on a podcast in the show notes, like in press, on some other website. And there's not just, it doesn't just say, you know, little labels, but it says little labels and it actually links back to herlittlelabels.com. And that's considered a backlink. And that's really important to your SEO. And that actually the rankings, like when you start to pay attention to where you rank on Google, you'll see that, you know, certain people that rank in the top three of Google for a keyword have X amount of backlinks. So Mina, you have, I was looking at your site. Which yeah, I have a lot because I worked with an agency. She um, has 33,806 I mean, I hate giving that number because that is so overwhelming. <laughs> like imagine if you had 10, that's fine. You know, so really? I have, Because you know, the product boss has, I'll just say the product boss has 1,362 backlinks. Yeah, because we've so, been on a lot of podcasts and other things that link back to us. So that, that took three plus years to accumulate, you know? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, backlinks are not created equal. So meaning that if, for example, I actually have a bunch of backlinks when we first started the Product Boss podcast to low labels. However, because our keywords don't match up and our audience here on the Product Boss is like small business owners, product business owners, or so people are searching for that and they happen to go on to low labels, which does nothing for them. The relevancy is really low. The authority on those keywords is really low. So that backlink doesn't hold as much weight as if I was on babysleep.com. They were talking about baby bottles. Here's that. And then the authority of that holds more clout. That backlink matters more than the product boss one, for example. Right. So I know hearing these numbers, I just wanted to share with you because like Mina and I, the product boss, we rank number one in a lot of different keywords. Okay. And so does little labels. Now it's a climb. This is like, imagine a ladder and it's a climb. And this is something that you want to work on are your backlinks because it makes it relevant. Now, where this is important is if you have your own website, especially because for example, if you sell only on Etsy, the backlink isn't important to you because Etsy has its own backlinks, right? They, they, it's their platform. But if you have your own website, especially that's why the keywords matter, the keywords matter anywhere, like anywhere there's searchability. So on Etsy, Amazon, all those things, right? You guys will have your all different, like different types of keyword searches, but backlinks are really relevant in boosting a website higher in the Google search so that when somebody's searching for something relevant to what you sell, you're discovered in the first couple of pages. So we talked about what a backlink is and let's talk about how to get a backlink or yeah. a few backlinks. So the goal is to get as many backlinks as possible, but quality over quantity. You know, I have a big, huge quantity, but I don't get a lot of organic visitors, to be honest, you know? So quality over quantity in ones that hold more authority in that category. So 
Um, and then volume matters too. So for example, you know, we have the small business shopping directory coming out. And so if somebody, if you're a candle company, you know, we might as well go back to candles since it's our go-to. If you're a candle company and you're in the directory and we actually, we've spent so much money, time, effort to make this directory really searchable, really robust. We actually hired an SEO expert to help us in the build out of all this. And so we're making sure that all the keywords and the images and all the things are named certain things that have keywords in them, even the URLs. So if you were to get a listing and let's say it was soy wax candles, small business or something, and you put that, the end user put that into Google, there's a good chance that ours would pop up because we rank really high for small biz shopping directory. To back that up really fast, mm-hmm. um, we are, so we are relaunching in August uh, that you can join the small business shopping directory, which we launched last year. And we have 600 businesses in there. And in that we got a ton of press and drove traffic to all these businesses. And so as we're relaunching this, there is, you do get a backlink. So exactly what we said from a domain with authority that mm-hmm. makes sense to it the does. product you're selling, <laughs> which is, let's just say that the small business shopping directory, your business, when it has a listing, has a link from our site to your site. And what that is, is exactly that referring domain, right? From one mm-hmm. site to another. So how does this help you in general, right? You could be listed on, your website could be listed on a blog. Your website can be listed, you know, in a podcast, um, in their show notes that also shows up on their website. It could be listed somewhere. Why does it help you when you're on a domain or you're mentioned on a domain with more authority, right? That has higher rankings on Google. It will lift your site up, right? So, but it'll also help you be discovered because what might happen, like Nina said, is if they type in soy candle, small business, Mm -hmm. your site may not have enough robustness to it. It may not have all the keywords set up. It may not even rank anywhere on the top several pages of Google, but if they're writing in small business and like the product class of the small business directory. And we rank, we rank for it. We rank, we're number 10 for shop small business on Google. For small business online, we're number 21. For online small business, we're number 21. For um, small business clothing, we're number 35. For I'm just going to pull up someone. So small business directory, we're number 13. Small business online shopping, we're number 14. So when you look at that, right, we're already within the first one or two pages for a lot of different keywords. So if you then are attached to, let's call it like our directory, then maybe they might've never discovered you just from, you know, soy candles, small business. Maybe you're on like page five, six, seven, Mm -hmm. but within page one or two, if our directory pops up and they click on it, it's a shortcut to getting access to your, your business, but they show up with us. So it's like you pop up, you're like tethered to us, but it's not necessarily (laughs) in a good way, in a good way, all good ways, Um, but not necessarily like they don't have to go to our directory to find you. Like you would be tethered to us in the way that you actually would rank higher, meaning that if they typed in small business, soy wax candle company, that you might show up in your own because we helped lift you up and they would go there instead of to our directory even. That's even another possibility that could happen in this search. And a flip side, okay, I'm just looking at our, our at what we rank for um, in keywords. So, um, made for Mama Shop. Mindy, she's a masterminder. She's in Multi-Shoot Machine. You've heard her on the podcast. She's been on the podcast. We've talked about her on the website. Like she's got 
rankings for that. We actually, as the product boss, rank number 30 for if you wrote in made for mama shop. So if you can see that, I don't know where she ranks on there, but you can see that it kind of goes both ways, right? And then, so there's just these back doors, this discoverability through these links that are going to help people find you with different types of keywords. And so it's a, it's kind of a soup. Keywords are really important. And then backlinks are important because Google likes the backlinks. They're like, Ooh, these sites are relevant, right? It helps lift you up with relevant keywords. It helps lift you up with um, connections to other sites and saying like, well, this site with higher authority is linking to this site. Let's boost them up. And it's that, that JFK quote of like a rising tide lifts all ships. That's the intention of backlinks in Google. And also truly, Mina and my intention on launching this small business shopping directory, it was the idea to use our authority to then lift small businesses with everything that we've invested into websites and ads and all the things that we pay for and plus our own organic growth. Yeah. And the, it really is the glue that sticks it all together is the relevancy. Because remember, Google's wanting to preserve up the keywords that matter to their end user. And so that person is going on to Google to look for soy wax, candles, small business to support. Then that really ends up being the reason why Google shows it is because it's relevant to that end user. You know, oh, this is what they were searching for. So the, the longer they click on it, stay on there, shop around, all those things, and they don't bounce off, that actually helps everything as well. So you're adding more oil, oil to the machine even like, of oh, okay, this, the authority is there, the relevancy is there. And then also it just is like um, rising tide, but it also is continual. You know, there's like so many, it's a really a long-term benefit. That's what I'm trying to say. So the goal here for you all to think through your website and ranking and the authority and how to improve your discoverability is one, that your keywords match. Two, that you start to work on your backlinks. We are making it really easy that when you join the small business shopping directory, that you get a backlink um, to our site. And as we drive traffic there, that's going to help raise you. I know that um, we just got a DM in our messages from somebody who said, you know, I have since being in the directory since last fall, she's like, I've seen an uptick in my traffic and I contribute that to the directory. So that's the goal. The other ways for you to do this is when we talk about working with influencers or bloggers, PR, getting on people's podcasts, anywhere else you can be mentioned with a link back to your site is going to help you climb in that authority and climb the rankings. So if you're interested in signing up for the small business shopping directory, it is a one-year listing. Um, you can click the link in our show notes to, depending on when you're listening to this, it's either a wait list or you can apply to join. And we'd love to see you in there. And our goal is that our rising tide lifts all ships and that we're all doing this together. Yeah. We'll see you over there. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. 
We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the shop one in five pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most, because the truth is your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge. If you head to shop one in five, Dot com. The link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the Shop 1 in 5 pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives.